Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey, y'all, we're back. <laughs> we're back with another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. Let me be the first to wish y'all a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're all in joyful mood. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what are y'all doing today? I mean, Christmas. what I'm hoping y'all are doing today. Enjoying the festivities in whichever way you choose. Did Santa come to your house? Then it did come to my house. Oh, good. And I couldn't catch him. Oh, dang it. You got to catch them all. Your net next week. Next week, next year, next year, <laughs> next year. <laughs> I wish it was next week, even though every single movie and TV special says I shouldn't wish for Christmas every day or every week. You shouldn't. That's right. It'll just ruin the experience. That's what we've learned. What about you, Tom? Yeah, Santa came and was good. Nice. It was nice. Had a fun time waking up with the kiddo. It's the only morning. I mean, I'm a morning person, but there's something like extra great about Christmas morning. Christmas morning. I still get up at the crack of dawn to open those gifts. <laughs> Did you watch the Disney parade? Is that a part of what y'all do every year? I do not. I have um, it on. Yeah. That's how we it's, do. It's background noise. What are your plans for the rest of the week? relax as of the night we're recording i'm done for fourth work for the year thank god man me too jealous is Vercel not closed that week this year they are but i'm not done yet i've still got the rest of this week he said as of recording, oh as of recording i gotcha yeah yeah oh, now you're just, you're just a bum i know pretty much i am not a <laughs> bum <laughs> you're much smarter than i am you are much smarter than all of us. I mean, I voluntarily, tell, I voluntarily tell me something I don't back know. Back to work. <laughs> you voluntarily went back to work. That's a choice. That's a choice. What was your favorite gift you got this year, guys? Dude, how do we know? Uh, it's called guessing for posterity to see how right or wrong we are. <laughs> Do you know what happens every year in my house is inevitably I ruin accidentally almost everything that Marty gets me because a package comes and I open it because I don't pay attention to who it's to, or I see where a package is coming from and I've already given him a list of stuff. And so I think I've done that with everything this year. I've been, the, <laughs> I've done that before. 
I feel terrible. I've, I've opened packages that belong to other apartments before because they oh, I act, because, they're accidentally given to to me, and I just assume yeah. it's correct. And then I open it, and I'm like, oh, this is a weird thing. I didn't order this. I don't think Sarah would have ordered this. And I look, and it's like <laughs> Eileen Muskowitz in two G or something. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? Do you tape it back and just like put it on her? Stoop? No, I I wait till dark. Like if it was a t- if it was a Tuesday night, I would wait till after we record our show. <laughs> take take Larry out, then take the open package, sneak down the hallway, and leave it on her doorstep, and then she would find it in the morning. Do you don't even just like try and close it back up? No, no, nothing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <Huh. laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> she's gonna get back, or who knows? Maybe the building thinks there's some male bandit going around. <laughs> it just opens and doesn't take what's inside and redelivers it to your. <laughs> They're not doing it right. <laughs> so it's Christmas. Um, I know we start to go downhill after this a little bit, but I mean. I plan on extending my Christmas spirits for at least the remainder of this week with lots of movies and treats and post-Christmas stuff, right? Y'all too? Yeah, you should watch Chris Christmas movies till the new year. Do I have to lecture y'all again? I, I No, like you do don't have year. to lecture us again, but <laughs> I understand that 12 Days of Christmas starts today. So yes. We go from the anticipatory time to now the celebratory time. I'm going to try and hold that in my heart. I like it. This year. Just for I'm, not fe- I'm not feeling Christmas this year. I'm kind of ready for it to be over. That was me last year. That makes me sad. Well, I don't feel like got- that this year. So it changes on a year-to-year basis. I forgot one of your Christmas presents, Anthony. And so I put it in with your Christmas card and sticker. Who was it? I'm not telling you, dude. Christmas. You're going to love it. <laughs> You'll have it by the time this air, this drops. Hmm. I haven't, hmm. I still have to put the stuff in the mail. But you guys. Oh, I haven't. Put I, stuff I, in I, fi- I finally got two nice sized boxes from Christmas gifts I ordered for other people that now I can repurpose and pack your stuff. Checks up. in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I do. Because the post office never has good sized boxes, but. It's true. Amazon has some nice sizes, so gonna try to get them in the mail this week and we'll see when they arrive. I can't believe Tom beat both of us this year, Julia. He's it's usually crazy. like after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he was on it this year. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Tom. <laughs> it just gives me a I really just did it for that smug sense of satisfaction of beating you both. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I have no problems. I don't with think it. that's ever happened before. <laughs> I I didn't even realize I don't have to even get a package. Like if you send it through Amazon, like I can open it virtually without even going to claim my package physically. What? Really? Oh yeah, like when I I got the email saying Tom's gift for you has arrived after my mailroom closed already. And I opened it and it was like, would you like to open your package? So I was like, hell yeah, I do. I opened it and it brings me, it brings up like a 3d model of what you got. And it's pretty cool. 
Oh, what? okay. So you knew you knew what was coming then. Well, after it was already delivered, I just didn't get it from down to the mailbox in time. And oh, no, nice. like it, it only says what's in each box. So like it arrived gotcha. in two shipments. So like the you know designs for the wax, I didn't know where it's coming. Yo, I've had such a hard time buying gifts this year. It's been a actually, struggle for me too. I actually found that easy this year. Except for you mm-hmm. two. Julia was the easiest in the world. Yeah. <laughs> One of your gifts was very easy. Hmm. My wife has been very difficult. But I she got, has I, everything? Yes. I ended up buying her a signature. So like a master calligrapher will make a, make a signature for her. Uh, I was I was going to get Tom a cameo from George Santos. I was like, not going to oh. waste my, waste my money. Dude, <laughs> I don't give that guy any money. That guy deserves nothing. <laughs> I cooked my turkey differently this year. How'd you cook it? How'd you cook I it? Split split it down the middle. Spatchcock. So everything. So yeah, everything. Yeah. And then you roasted or smoked or what? Roast roasting it. Nice. To get it to cook evenly throughout. It's I magic, mean, isn't it? I've never done it. Speaking of tur- cooking turkey, I did watch Mr. B- the Mr. Bean Christmas special again the other day where he's like <laughs> <laughs> spreading the turkey and having such a <laughs> difficult time with <laughs> Man, that is just a class. Twenty-five minutes of laughing straight through. <laughs> it really is. I like that guy. That is excellent. Well, I mean, speaking of laughing straight through, hopefully. Um, what are we talking What's about that? tonight? What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about <laughs> season two of the Santa Clauses. Uh, so all six episodes. Of the second season of the Santa Clauses. So we've already covered the first season. This brings us to the most recent one dropped on Disney Plus um, just in the last month or so, right? Early November? Mid November, yeah. yeah. I love that band. Okay. Early November? Yeah. Is that a real band? Or is that just yeah. you being a hipster? Oh, nice. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Santa Clauses came out this year. Since we've covered the first season, not a lot of new characters to cover uh, for the second season. Um, so let's just look, talk about the ones that are fresh to this season. We've got the addition of Gabriel Iglesias, who plays Chris Kringle. Um, I mean, I know him from stand-up comedy. I would assume that's where most people know him from. Indeed. Indeed. Um, we also have Magnus Antis, the Mad Santa, played by Eric Stone Street, who we've covered when we've covered Modern Family Christmas episodes. Isn't... Love him. I'm sorry. Isn't Gabriel Iglesias... Is he, he's the same guy as Fluffy Iglesias, right? Yes. Yes. That's his like is a stage name, nickname, I don't know. But yes. Same, yeah, I would have said guy. stage name. Yeah. 
Um, we uh, have. Did y'all notice? Did y'all completely forget every time he was on that Santa was Eric Stone Street because he was doing so well with it? He did very well. I had him completely like a lot of times you'll see the other characters. So I was expecting to see a lot of cam. Yeah. And he was not. He, he, uh, he also looked very good in a very realistic looking beard, which is more than I could say for <laughs> Tim Allen's beard, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, most of our other characters are repeated from the first season. So let's do. Our histories are all the same because it's new enough, but let's do just high level feelings on season two of the Santa Clauses. Uh, Anthony. I liked it. Okay. I, I I did like it. Like the first season, like it's different from the movies, right? This is Tim Allen, Santa for a new generation. Mm-hmm. And I've gone on my rants about, this new generation of kids and uh, the humor and stuff they like, but I liked it. I think it would have worked better as a 90 minute movie rather than, especially budget wise, which we could talk about, Mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed it. Especially once it got going, like the latter half of episodes. So yeah. And if this is the end, which we'll also talk about, I think it was a nice end for Tim Allen's tenure. Okay. Tom, what about you? Yeah, it was all right. And remind me, both of y'all, what were your feelings about the first season? I really liked the first season, even though I think it took, I think they changed the plan halfway through and kept him Allen because they realized, you know, they could squeeze more money out of him. Yeah. And Tom, I think you liked first season more than second season is what I'm hearing. I think I like second season more. Okay. Um, I haven't watched, I never, I haven't gone back to watch any of the first season, which says a lot about how I actually felt about it. It was just, it did not leave enough of an impression on me to want to watch it again. Yeah. Okay. Which was surprising. Um, I mean, I fall probably in line. Uh, a lot of stuff Anthony said resonates with me too. I feel like it was real slow to get going for me. Yes. Um, but once we hit the last three episodes, the- maybe. Yeah two episodes um i also would have preferred it as a movie instead of a show uh, even though i binged them all so it was sort of like watching a very long movie right <laughs> um but yeah i would have preferred a movie i binged recently the well not binge but i watched lord of the rings the extended version and i'm listening to the audiobook again yeah this felt longer than that mm. <laughs> That's saying something. Um, I do That's like some of the movie. choices they made uh, in the second season, um, but I think first season maybe still wins for me. Although there are things about second season that I really quite enjoyed. I liked all the history of the North Pole we got in the second season. Yeah, I like that. I like the elf stuff in the second season that they dug a little deeper in that. Big fan. Well, um, not, I like the, not the expansion not of at, the mythos. Yeah, not as happy that they sidelined Betty. Was she shooting something else at the time? I, I that was know. how I felt. I never looked it up, but I'm like, she was unavailable for some reason. But because I really like her, I think she's the best new character, and she's definitely the strongest of the kids, even for his sure. kids. <laughs> yes, for sure. 
Um, okay. Well, let's dig in. We're not going to necessarily go episode by episode. We're just kind of, um, we're going to punch them all together as if it was a movie in and of itself, because it's easier for me to do. Um, okay. So we open up. Um, it's. Oh, just throwing this out there. Sorry. Yes. Not only did she have a, not only did Matilda Lawler, Betty, have a movie released this year called Ezra. She was in six episodes of The Gilded Age. Oh, that's ah. right. The Gilded Age. I forgot she was on that. There we go. Filming conflicts. Filming conflicts. Um, okay, so we open up. It's Christmas time. Um, our Scott Calvin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Our Scott Calvin is obviously still Santa where we left it. And we get a recap, right. And sort of a blend into the first season is that um, he wants his son to step into Santa, but obviously his son is not prepared for that yet. Well, so, it picks off literally that same night, right? Last same Christmas. That's the same Christmas, right? At the opening. It does. It does. Okay. Because what has happened is it was the debacle with the gifts and they've ended up giving um, snow globes with the receiver's uh, Christmas memory, a wonderful Christmas memory inside um, as presents. And so we do, we immediately pick up with um, a rehash from last season, uh, namely where Scott, Sal- Scott Calvin is saying, um, we just gave a whole bunch of people presents they didn't ask for. So <laughs> let's see how this turns out. Um, and we have the, also the lead in, it was Noel and Betty, right? With the, uh, the snow globe itself with the the fear the darkness of inside of it right yep. like what are we going to do about this that led us into this season yeah so we do said we it never had that. been that dark since the age of the mad santa that's right so that brings us into this season um we get kind of the post-christmas wrap-up i liked that it was kind of a a fancy affair. So coming, what, three weeks or four weeks off of the Naughty Nine, where we saw mm-hmm. elves se- uh, celebrating after Christmas and all of that, we see sort of that same kind of celebration here. But it's like pretty posh in this one, which I didn't hate because the, I Santa's like Santa. red suit, <laughs> the red suit that looks like the red pajamas from the original Santa Claus, which I really liked. And Mrs. Claus looks chic and I am here <laughs> for it. Um, I quite enjoyed that. Um, So they're unwinding and they're just kind of talking about what's to come. Right. Well, Um, we see. Also, I just want to say some uh, more fallout from the first season, which we'll get to in a bit. But just to remind our listeners. Season one also ended with Scott Calvin telling his son to erase the girl he likes. Her memory. memory. And he did not. So we get her back. We well, get her back. We get her back. She is back. <laughs> she's she's the single most intolerable character in this entire show to me. I liked her. Oh, I cannot stand her at all. I don't care for her. I know we're supposed to think they're intolerable intolerable in their young love, but like I can't. <laughs> I'm glad anyway. you didn't we're, we did, we're not at her yet. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, okay, so what are the kids doing? We've got... Um, what's Scott Calvin's son? Cal. Cal? Cal Calvin. We, <laughs> Very creative. We have Cal. Cal Calvin, Calvin, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we have Cal that's nervous about his responsibilities of stepping into the Santa role. He is not a great flyer. This is a problem. He does, however, have the Santa magic to intuit what people want, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. We have um pause for correct names. Sandy, Sandra, uh, the daughter who has the affinity for animals, so she can oh. speak to and okay what animals are saying. Major Uh-oh. problem. We're going to start. Okay, we're, this is happening. Okay, This is happening. <laughs> he puts her in charge of the reindeer. I mean, his son gets to be the new Santa, but let's put you in the stables, girl. Anyway, the reindeer. These awful CGI reindeer, number one. Number two, Comet doesn't even get mentioned when he was so important to his life yeah. in the first few movies. And number three, the talking. And I know only she can hear them, but then... Do it like C3PO and R2D2. We don't understand what they're saying, and she kind of <laughs> answers them in English. Like whenever they talked, I just wanted to throw something at the TV screen. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Which they are voiced by recognizable names. Um, if you but I feel like it's those you'd go, except for Jack McBrayer, who's the voice of Blitzen. You also have Neil Flynn, who's the voice of Donner, uh, from uh Ma- not Malcolm in the Middle, the other one, y'all. The middle. The dad in the middle. Yeah. So also I Janitor Jack from Brayer right away. Scrubs. But... Oh. oh, there we go. I never watched Scrubs, but I right. didn't recognize any of their voices. So this is all brand new information to me. Not even Jack McBrayer? No, because I think I was so cringing. I didn't even <laughs> like it was like blind rage. I couldn't even like hear, hear them. <laughs> Just blind rage. <laughs> she quickly realizes, and we cr- quickly realize as viewers that she doesn't just understand when they talk, um, but she understands all the animals and every sound what they're thinking and they everything make and think exactly. So she's inundated, and so she's fit to be tied as well, right? Like things are not perfect in the North Pole. Um, we've got Mrs. Claus who's looking for a purpose beyond just being the figurehead Mrs. Claus, which I love her story and the way that she embraces it as a woman. I love her. He as becomes Mrs. head of ELFS. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, and we have Cal like with that. his flying stuff and we have Sandy with her struggles and her power that she's assumed in the North Pole. We also and, have... Well, and... So this whole thing last season where he wanted to retire and didn't caused a bunch of major issues because he was supposed to tell the council of legendary features that he was thinking of hanging up the coat. So now they don't trust him. So they're taking it in turns to basically spy on him to make sure nothing is going wrong at the North Pole. And uh, they don't they also do not like the idea of Cal taking over. Taking over a Santa. No. He's and what legendary character do we hear from first? Stupid. Same actor. I know. <laughs> uh, who was it? Who Kevin Pollock? Gary Sinise? No, it's not Gary Sinise. It, <laughs> he looks so, so much like him. I'd keep doing double takes. He does. To me, he's Todd Hockney from The Usual Suspects, but his actor is Kevin Pollock. Is Kevin Pollock. Kevin yeah. Pollock. Who, yep. I was so happy that they didn't get some new cupid 
Because, mm-hmm. like, he's looking his age, my dude, but he's still floating around. Like, he's still really floating around in that diaper. Really? I really like how he's so blatantly, he tells him at first, I'm not here to spy on you. And then they're like, well, we know what happened. How does everybody know what happened? Well, I was spying on you. <laughs> but I also love, and we get him later on, the same Sandman played by Michael Dorn. We do. We do. Who we, has not and- aged a day. No, no, he doesn't. Not a dang day. And the, but I was sad. But also not that we didn't see the tooth, uh, the tooth fairy. He's dead, isn't he? The actor. The actor. He is dead. So I was Uh, glad they didn't replace him. So is Jay Thomas, who played the Easter Bunny, but they replaced him with Tracy Morgan. Oh. Well, they kind of had to for the storyline. Yeah, they did. However, and like we didn't see Father Time because that was because he's dead. Right. Dead. However, could I? Couldn't we do? Couldn't we this was the same Easter play. Like, yeah, they should have explained it exactly. Like maybe the original retired. Like they did. Santa Santa's going to retire, so why couldn't the other legendary figures? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they could have made it a different Easter Bunny, but they said full on this was the same Easter Bunny, or they hmm. applied it. I could have done without him they needed him but it's sad and me seeing tracy morgan as him they could have at least given him the same costume like i don't know why they yeah why they retconned at that level yeah Hmm. yeah it was a weird a weird retcon or they could have brought back martin short as jack frost i wouldn't have hated that as much as i didn't like that movie i wouldn't have hated it i would have hated it (laughs) i hated him so much in that Uh, well, we'll we'll revisit the Easter Bunny here shortly. Um, okay, and then we have like a third sort of upheaval that has been sprung on us. Um, Betty, who we know from last season, and Noel as well. Um, she's the one that keeps everything going. And there's a fair amount of fallout from what's happened at this recent Christmas. So like, like she's got a lot to do. However, she's succumbed to a clause herself. Um, it's yes. the cripple crabble clause, which is where all head elves are required. Cribble crabble feels mildly offensive. Why? It feels like it's mocking rumspringen. I think it's supposed to. But the name, like it's just they just put nonsense words together. They're elves. You're an elf. Oh, Tom, I missed you. Um, yeah, so what is Cribble Crabble? Uh, well, Cribble Crabble, as yeah, it's Elf Rumspringen. As we know from season one, that's why Bernard's no longer at the North Pole. He left to go on Cribble Crabble and never came back. And Curtis. And, and Curtis. Curtis. I appreciated the mention of Curtis. I did, too. I did, too. I love that, actually. So basically, what happens is... When the slave-driven elves get a chance of freedom, they take it and they don't come back. <laughs> it's long enough for... Uh, it's like a year. Yeah. It's a year. They it? have to stay away for a year and experience the world. And it's you long can enough either... for the Stockholm Syndrome to break. You could either choose to be to stay in the real world and become human, which is what Bernard did, which is why how they explained he aged up when we saw him last year. Yep. Or you can come back clever. and be the elf. Yeah. Yep. And it's Betty's turn. Apparently she's been putting it off for a while now. Yeah. But it and they force her into it because she was gonna be like, I'm just like not gonna do it. 
Um, so she has to leave, and she leaves Noel in her stead as head elf. And everybody's concerned about this because Terrible like, decision. nobody mm-hmm. looks at Noel as like a, just this natural born leader. So we're like, this is going to get interesting. Um, and um, she leaves them with the express rules to don't change anything. <laughs> and she even tells Santa, don't change anything while I'm and, gone. Okay. And the minute she steps through the portal and disappears, Scott's like, all right, some changes around here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do just want to say, though, Betty and Noel, I love these two. I said it during season one. I love the two of them this time around, both as individuals and as a couple. I love that before she goes away, she gives Noel a cardboard cut out of her face to talk to. And he put his his face on a pillow for her. (laughs) <laughs> which is going to cause some I jealousy like issues too. later we'll put a pin in that though <laughs> i like him too um so we don't just have betty leaving but we also have the introduction of a new character who is alluded to at the end of last season and we actually get to see now and that is magnus antis aka the mad santa played by eric stone street um he is delightfully gray and just like dirty looking, which I love. I love and his, he's angry. I love his suit. So I the suit, too. the suit is based off an old Christmas card of Santa Claus, Matt Spaulding, when I was on his North show, North Pole Radio, mm-hmm. as he's Santa and knows all about Santa's history, he pulled up the original card that this guy's costume is based on. And it looks exactly like him. So Oh, I love it. Yep. I loved his look. I thought he was great. And like Tom said, you forget it's Eric Stone Street absolutely um i was telling anthony earlier though that he sounds very trumpy sometimes like the oh. and is that uh, he purpose? was so wronged i it had to be <laughs> I would it had it to, would be. Have to be <laughs> yeah it's like the intonation of the way of some of his words are um, i mean yeah, he's a I tyrant could... but also i mean like... couldn't couldn't use okay not again you know couldn't you see trump going ho 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 instead of ho 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 <laughs> <laughs> and yes. and his continual complaints about how this was stolen from him. I'm the real Santa. He's entitled to the, you know, there's this entitled approach. Right. So, Anthony, will you uh regale us with the lore of Magnus Antis and how he got to well, where he is before he comes back into human form? He's trapped in a nutcracker. Yeah. Basically, he went mad at the North Pole. He was a good. He was a good Santa. Some even say the best Santa. <laughs> uh, the elves trapped him in a Nutcracker because he was a vicious, crazy, mad Santa who went crazy at the North Pole, going overboard on wanting to punish the naughty kids, like very Krampusy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the elves, I think it was Betty who initiated it, right? Yes, they which trapped- we get later in the season. They trap decide to use their magic and trap him and his gnome right hand man because elves and gnomes don't get along. And he I had a, yeah, he had a gnome as a sidekick, a girl gnome. Uh she trapped them both in a nutcracker with her magic. And this is a big deal because elves aren't supposed to betray Santa. So all these elves in the present day now don't want to tell Scott or Carol or any of the clauses that A, what happened, or B, that this nutcracker in which Magnus Antis was trapped has gone missing. Because apparently, 
Apparently, as we find out later on, Gary had some gambling debts embedded. Campbell did it away. Gary. <laughs> Which, Gary is the- trouble, man. Gary is trouble. By the way, we get some flashbacks later on, and I love that we find out how Gary lost his eye. <laughs> I, I just love the flashbacks in general. They look yeah. so bleak. And this is where I would have liked a... Um, bigger budget like a movie budget if they put this down into 90 move 90 minutes i would like the movie budget for some of these flashbacks because they had the north pole it was basically like a cave torch lit uh mm. the elves were literally they're all in like brown tunics like they looked like you know what you would see a slave wearing in an old textbook or whatever exactly like dobby dobby yeah it looks like dobby's <laughs> pillowcases yeah um exactly. and even though Bernard wasn't here. I like that he was still part of this history, too. You saw drawings of him and everything like mm-hmm. that. So even though That's we didn't right. get the actor back, he was still part of this lore, too. That's right. And all he can think is, man, I didn't get my money. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so we have Magnus Antis back in the world, and he's only back in the world well, because... Oh, yeah, you were that's where you were heading. I was about to say, well, how does yeah. he come back in the world? So Yeah, yeah, us. no, keep going, keep going. No, no, you. you. Probably... Oh, um, so we have our uh, um, Chris Kringle character, who is not in any relation to a Santa lineage. He just happens to be a very big Christmas fan. Um, at, what's Buzzy. the name? Is it Santa Land? I think it's Santa Land. Okay. Where Who runs the theme park called Santa Land? I, I just want to point out for eagle-eyed viewers, when you get kind of like these panning shots through the theme park, we see an original elf, a fan favorite from 1994, selling hot cocoa at this theme park. And it's Judy herself, all grown up. And I was so happy to see her. Oh, and right I did away. not realize this, so I need to rewatch for that alone. You do. It was I a good do. cameo. That's the type of cameo I like. Yeah, that's a winner. Um, but it's it's Chris that kind of inadvertently releases Magnus Antis back into the world. And he's jazzed because he's a Santa aficionado for sure, and he thinks that this is the real Santa. Well, um, why is he a Santa aficionado? What happened in his past? Which because he saw Santa. He did see Santa. And we get the clip from original Santa Claus where Scott Calvin, pre his Santa transformation, is delivering a canoe and was like knocks in the second the house Christmas he delivers tree. stuff at and it yep. knocks the Christmas tree down. And you they've inserted, delightfully so, snippets of a young looking Chris as a kid peeking out of his bedroom door um and I, watching the whole thing i yeah. loved um, that i love little retcons like it's not even a retcon it's just like added to it yeah i do too which which and by the way that's what he saw in the snow globe right that was his fond christmas memory, memory he had yep. seen. and i was joking with matt spaulding on his show does that mean if we get a season three they're gonna retcon it so the guy who cocks a shotgun with the Doberman like oh <laughs> comes back in season three. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we have Chris with Magnus Antis in the real world, and all I mean by that is just not the North Pole. Um, and 
the gnome as well, which I can't remember her name. Olga. Olga, that's okay. it. And she's just pure anger. <laughs> it truly makes me laugh. Like Magnus Antis has some uh, moments of humor as well. She's played very angry, which is also like sort of funny, but like. I I like that he wasn't, Magnus Antis wasn't pure pure anger because he was santa originally and he just went crazy so right right so that's still shown through yeah but i will say that olga and the gnomes in general the creepy masks they wear those are kind of creepy like the little they're terrible they are yeah. i don't care for it <laughs> <laughs> i really don't like those masks it's terrible it reminded me of that star wars character you know the one? Oh, the one flying the Falcon with Lando? Yes, and Jedi? He looks, yes. it looks just like him. <laughs> yeah, thought, that creepy like, guy. Yeah. No and I'm sure we have uh, people like Jerry and other nerds who listen to our show screaming it's that guy's name over. at us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what they look like with the masks on. Um, so we have uh, some hijinks then, right? So now we have stuff going on at Santa Land um, where we really like Chris Kringle. Like he's a wonderful character. He's pure delight. He's really in it for the right reasons. He wants to spread this Christmas cheer. It puts him at odds with his dad a little bit because his dad's like, you should probably get a real job. And he's like, no, Santa Land is like literally all I want to do uh, to a point where he's running this on a very small budget. and <laughs> We get like... These very funny comments as he's walking through Santa Land, like, don't eat the snow because it's asbestos. I mean, it's not asbestos, <laughs> but like um, the the links at which he goes to to try and create an authentic experience with a quasi hazardous materials to make it happen. Um, but he's just a real, real good guy. So we're rooting for Chris Kringle. And I totally thought the show was going towards him being santa at some point like stepping in and being santa anthony said he didn't think that at all bless you tom thank you they even gave him the name chris kringle well yeah i was like this seems like a dead giveaway um spoiler alert it doesn't go that way um but anyway so magnus is trying to garner um he obviously had santa magic when he was santa uh, has since he's come back from the nutcracker state um his magic is just not firing and i liked the parts where he was trying to get his cane to fly into his hand with like jedi type magic and it just wouldn't do it that made me laugh <laughs> a lot um eric stone street's the funniest part of this whole show um, he was great and yeah apparently there is I forget what word they used. I don't think it was totem, but essentially a little totems for Santa that have their magic. Mm-hmm. And without his, he's kind of powerless. We don't find out to later what it is, but I was delighted when we found out what it is. We'll talk about yes. that later on. Exactly. So speaking of Santa magic out into the world, let's go back to the North Pole for just a second, because we have some new uh, new developments with Sandra Claus, um, Sandy Claus. She starts spending a fair amount of time with La Bafana because as she is inundated with all of these animal sounds, um, she starts to get like uh, unpredictable magic. Uh, she gets angry and like uh, these little mini magic explosions happen. So she goes to La Bifana because she's a teenager and she can't talk to her parents. Right. So. And that set up some good stuff with her and Carol. With Carol, all she wants to do is bond with her and she doesn't exactly. want to talk to her. 
Exactly. And I enjoyed all of this because I want as much Laba Fauna as possible. Um, I love the character in these shows. The actress is a total win uh-huh. for me in that character. Um, so she and, starts. And we find out. And then we tell little... us how much you hate her. No, I like her. I was about to say, we found out a little bit more about her backstory. She was never allowed on the Council of Magical Beings, or she was kicked off or something. And uh, that's why she she's kind of. And... She's a pariah now. End... Well, they yeah, say she was kicked off because at the end they they let they offer to let her back in and she has no interest in joining them. She choose she chose to leave okay. in an effort to help okay. the elves because somebody on the council could not have assisted the elves and she decided to leave that behind and give that up so that she could assist the elves and then decided I don't I don't against Magnus Antis in this whole big. That's right. Lord so of the Rings a, type backstory. Exactly. <laughs> she's a big but, part of it. But they were all deceived. No. <laughs> um, so Sandy starts spending a lot of time with Labafana, and it comes out that she can't just, it's not just that she can hear animals. She's a witch. She's like a bona fide witch, these powers that she has. So that's a new, uh, that's a new development. What did you think about that? It kind of came out of left field a little bit, but I also didn't hate it. You know what I mean? Like if Labafana is mm. there, then witches are in this space. I liked it. I like the idea and they that make witches it, are in the space. She makes a she makes the comment too that there are other witches in the area. Mm-hmm. She also makes a comment that every little girl wants to hear that her wart is going to come in nicely. Oh my gosh, I loved that. <laughs> It's cute. Like, look, no, it's, it's not. In. It's so nice. <laughs> it matches mine. We practically look the same. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. that would be loud. So she's bonding with Labafana like a like an aunt, and we do get a little bit of jealousy, right? Which I could resonate with in like a real world situation, right? Um, with Carol, so that has a nice resolution as well, where Carol both glows, uh, grows closer to her daughter. In you know connecting with her and all of that, um, and also that Labafana is uh, really embraced more within the family as well, which I mm-hmm. liked. She is. They all like her for now. Yeah. Um. So we've got that storyline. Labafana is helping Sandy cultivate her powers, and we find out with Cal how powerful he is because all he wishes. He- what what does what does Scott have to do? Wish for what you want the most, or I forget what the phrasing was. And he accidentally wishes his girlfriend to the North Pole. Yeah. Julie's favorite character in this whole thing. I could do without Luffy. all of this. I hated yeah. it all. Luffy <laughs> and Scott is not only annoyed that Cal didn't wipe her memory and that the girlfriend's distracting him from becoming Santa. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of mortified and embarrassed uh, this couple <laughs> who are all I'm, over one another. I'm mortified and embarrassed by this couple. Watching Where, it on screen. Which Luffy. is oh summed up completely when they're like, he can't erase your memory if we're, de- if we're never separated. And they just put their lips together and then just stand there in the middle of the hallway. And Scott just kind of gives them this look. <laughs> like... See that dry just, Tim Allen look before he just turns is. and walks away. <laughs> it's effective, and that's why they do it because, like, it is a very you know, 
it's an appropriate response from him. So, like, I get it, but I also thought it was really dumb. And it went on too long. Um, Tim Allen, and, you know, we've talked about this with all the other Santa Claus stuff, too. But he is a very effective physical actor, too. Like, in terms of his uh, expressions and physicality he is very funny i mean there's a reason he is a comedic legend right mm-hmm. yeah for sure um okay so what happens then by the way this whole season takes takes place like in a year it's like a a, a long-term timeline we've got here right because it's it's scott Christmas calvin training his son right um we end up coming up to the Easter holiday, which becomes problematic. Tom, you want to talk about what happens at Easter and why we have the Easter bunny in this at all? Uh, yeah, the Easter bunny's here basically so that Sandy can lose her stuff on him. She gets angry and <laughs> turns him into a real rabbit. Necessitating to get deliver the eggs. Well, Labo Fauna is there, and they get into this big argument because Labo uh, Labo Fauna is legitimately concerned that she's too powerful, and this is going to create problems. And Sandy doesn't think so at all. She's like, "No, this is fine. You're just jealous," which is really sad. You can tell she hurts Labo Fauna because Labo Fauna wanted to help Sandy. I mean, so again, Lava- I. I feel like that was very well, like, teenage girl, teenager in general, like, saying something purposely to hurt the person who's helping you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so they decide Scott is going to deliver the Easter eggs. With the blessing and... of the legendary characters council? No, no. They try not to tell these legendary council people that his daughter did what she did. I they try this, to hide it. I thought this whole legendary council thing like, would have bigger ramifications as the season went on, but it just kind of fizzles out. It does fizzle out. By the end, they're like, eh, okay, you did what you did. <laughs> like, I was kind of hoping for an appearance by Mother Nature at the end. I know, I was too. But we end up, we don't get another nature. Instead, we have the Sandman who sticks around and falls asleep. Yeah, which and I was pretty clever to see him. It was clever the way they turned it on him too, because he's supposed to be there to evaluate Cal's ability to do his Santa duties. And they're like, dude, you like fell asleep in the middle of him flying the sled, and he couldn't be like, you know. No, and he's didn't. like, no, I didn't. He <laughs> flied it. He flew it successfully. <laughs> and I did appreciate, and I figure you did as well, Anthony, that he was dreaming about Freddie. Yes, yes, I did really like that. The Freddie Krueger <laughs> reference like, there. He has nightmares too. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for them to make a joke that Freddie was kind of like real in this world, like the anti Sandman. Oh my gosh, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> So they pull off a quasi-successful Easter uh, in lieu of the Easter Bunny being available. And then Did we... I, mean, I like watched this the... when these aired, but I've... so I'm kind of forgetting here, so correct me. Did we kind of gloss over the Easter Bunny and Magnus Antis, or has that not happened yet? 
No, so that happened. So what brought the Easter Bunny onto the stage initially was Magnus is trying to get back to the North Pole. Like he needs to get there because he knows that's where his relic is. Um, And unless he gets that relic, he's not going to be able to come to full power. Even though at this point, Magnus has secured Cal's training vest, which he's been wearing, which has a little bit of Santa power in it. So he's been able to evoke some magic because he has this vest that Cal. He could like call the cane, like he could do the Jedi. Right. Right. But he's not full Santa power yet because he needs the relic to do that. So uh, Magnus Antis and Olga uh, end up. I don't even remember how they call the Easter Bunny to Santa Land, um, but they do. They either capture they, him or they trick him or something like that. Anyway, he shows up. And we find out one of my favorite bits, jokes in this whole series, that peeps were never meant to eat. They were just packing. They are basically packing peanuts for the Easter basket. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love because nobody likes peeps. No. They do. Oh. You do? You do? No, people do. Oh, people do. People are. I work with people who like. I work with people who like both Peeps and candy corn. I like candy corn. What? Yeah, I like candy corn. It's delightful. You put it with some peanuts. It's so good. So good. I'm a big fan. Um, but what do they do? They force feed the Easter Bunny marshmallows or Peeps to get him to lay an egg which he does <laughs> but it's like a nauseous egg instead of a it's like a smoke bomb egg because we yep. also learn that like the easter bunny in this universe is not just a straight line like here's some delightful eggs he's a trickster as well so he has a lot of trick eggs in his arsenal that he arms himself with when he goes on his route for whatever I- reason I was a little perturbed by the idea that our Easter eggs get sh- out of Tracy Morgan in this universe. <laughs> Why? It's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a choice. Oh my gosh. It was a choice for sure. So the Easter Bunny escapes um, Santa land with Magnus. And then is that's when he runs off to the North Pole to warn them that the Mad Santa is back. And then gets turned into a bunny. And then we don't see him again. And yeah, he just kind of, we, we are, we never see him turn back. We don't. We, we're get told we're told. Be, we get told he becomes, that they fixed him. Yeah. And then he was left and was angry. Yes. Yes. So Sandy's <laughs> power grows uh, and stabilizes so that she is able to do this transformation spell and turn him back into large Easter egg or large Easter bunny. Um, but yeah, and we don't see Tracy Morgan again. It's like two episodes or one episode. So we talked about the children. So Carol, this whole time, as head of ELFS, yes. which is completely depleted, except for Gary. <laughs> she was <laughs> so gone are the days of the elves with attitude with the jetpacks who break people out of jail with tinsel. Uh, That's it's just right. it's just Gary just bitter, is left. Just Gary. Bitter old Gary. One eye Gary. Look, I you know, I know ninety-eight percent of the children in this show are not the greatest actors, but I enjoyed everyone, including this guy <laughs> and his gruff old attitude. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. 
But Carol this whole time is trying to figure out where this missing nutcracker, this magical artifact went, not knowing right. Magnus Antis was trapped in it. That's right. The whole time you get all the elves, Gary and Evie and Noel, they're all trying to keep all of this from Santa and Carol because they don't want it to get out this whole story that they, the elves, Betty, trapped Magnus Antis into this nutcracker. That they essentially staged a coup and overthrew Santa. That's right. And we only get that story when Betty returns. Um, she breaks from Cribble Crabble. Uh, before and... we get there, I just want to mention one thing about Gary and the ELSS before you move on from him. The training videos, which they said they had about like 150 of, but we see like three minutes of one of them where the elves are singing and, and then like there's a hostage situation at the North Pole <laughs> was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's so crusty. <laughs> he is crusty. <laughs> um okay so betty returns um in an episode titled the ettty which is like the second to last episode and that's where we get the heavy backstory of how did you know of of magnus and the gnomes and what the elves did and the uprising and like all of that um and it and how betty and noel met that's right how betty and that's right um, and this is where you see the drab um, flashbacks Anthony talked about where our elves are not brightly dressed and happy. Um, but like there's this heaviness that is settled on the North Pole and the elves are upset. And so they do, there is an uprising because at this point, Magnus in the past in the flashback has brought gnomes in to assist in the production of goods coming out of the North Pole, not toys. <laughs> Not toys um, because they can't make toys, which is why they, they hate elves because they are unable right. to make toys. They're only able to make useful items. Yep. Which is like but, a lot of weapons. I thought it was a funny way to differentiate between them. Like yeah, it's it a funny kid family friendly way of why they hate each other. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is where we see Betty trapping uh, Magnus as a nutcracker along with Olga who like jumps into the line of fire in the last minute. Um, and so, yeah, it's really where we get that backstory of how we got here today. Progressively through the last few episodes, we also have Scott Calvin who is like starting to hear voices. Uh, so as Carol is like sussing out or sussing out the uh, clues to get to where we are, um, San, uh, Scott Calvin's magic is getting hinky and he's starting to hear things. So uh, Magnus is growing in power and eventually he ends up at the North Pole. At the North. Well, before he ends up at the North Pole, there is a moment where even before Betty comes back, Santa and Carol run into him down in the real world and his eyes glow like fire and, and he hits him with like lamp. some dangerous magic snowball or whatever. Yeah, and it like zaps his Santa power for a little bit. Yes. And that's the then Betty comes back to the North Pole and explains everything. I forget what brought them down there. I can't remember. Either. Oh, they're going to get Cal because Cal was turned into a nutcracker. Cal was turned into a nutcracker. That's right. Yes. Yes. Because Cal went down there to get his girlfriend left. That's right. Because they broke up. She wanted to break up with him because he missed her birthday. And her friends didn't believe she had a boyfriend in Canada. That's right. I love, by the way, they're still using the Canada excuse. 
Like that was a big thing in three for her, her Carol's parents. I love that 20 years later, they're still using the Canada excuse. That made me laugh. Um, That's right. Uh, also, so Cal goes down there to get her back and gets turned into a nutcracker. Also, they made mention of Carol's parents are still alive, which I was like, do the math on that. We know Alan Arkin sadly passed, but they, <laughs> I don't know about her mother. Well, yeah, she's not alive anymore either. Um, And Margaret, she died. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, Maybe in a magical sense, they're still alive. Yeah, maybe. Um, Yeah, so that's what takes Carol and Scott Calvin to the real world where he gets hit by the Saint of Magic. And then Magnus finds his way to the North Pole. Uh, Because Scott Calvin and Carol have to get back to the North Pole on the the rental sleigh from Santa Land. (laughs) With Fluffy. Fluffy comes, goes with the Chris Kringle, goes with them. And he's so excited just to be a part of this. Like, thank you for making me a part of this. And this is where I feel like they could have used a bigger budget because I think they could have done more fun stuff with these, the hinky reindeer, the stupid wooden reindeer flying them. Like, if they had a bigger movie budget. Yeah, probably so. So that brings us to the showdown at the North Pole. Anthony, what does the relic end up being that Magnus absolutely gets his hands on? The amazing hot cocoa mug that we see in the original Santa Claus that Judy serves Scott the hot cocoa in that everyone who ever watches that movie is like, oh, that's the most amazing mug. I want one of those. And Don't you have one of those? Disney sells a really cheap version now. Like it looks nothing like. I mean, it's, <laughs> I would like one of the pewter ones, but my yeah. god, it! I was so I was so happy to see it again. Like yeah, such I an important iconic important iconography from that original film again made its way back, and I love that. Yeah, same. And we do get a cute flashback. Uh, from the original movie where Judy is offering him hot chocolate in that iconic cup. Um, and a few other times we see it in the show as well. I uh, love In them. the movies as well. I do love Scott during this scene when he's trying to figure out what the relic is. Mm-hmm. He's basically <laughs> just rearranging the office. <sighs> like she's picking up random items to see what like triggers Magnus And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, just rearranging my office. He's like, no, that doesn't go there. My office. I'm Santa. <laughs> the stuff that they, yeah, like the one upmanship in this one, like the size of their bellies is also very funny to me too. Um, I love where it's like this isn't your office. This is my name right here, Santa Claus. It doesn't say. And then he insulted him like some stupid insulting name. <laughs> and Magnus Antis is like, "Well, tricks on you because it does say that." And he makes a nameplate. <laughs> the really insulting name. It was very funny. I love it. Um. So the two Santas are having a showdown. Who else is having a showdown in this moment as well? Olga. Olga and Betty, right. which and Betty. I really liked their showdown with uh, I did too. the toy swords. Yeah, it felt very epic. The snowy it background. Did. Yeah, it did. It, it felt it felt very it felt very very uh, fantasy, high fantasy. Yeah. yeah, but also at the same time, like playground. Two kids arguing at the playground, like I yeah. like your toy. I think I want one for myself. And Betty's like, yeah. then make your own. <laughs> and they start going at it with the swords. So where does that resolve itself to when they start to kind of, when they stop fighting and they find common ground? Well, I like this. 
before they get to the common ground, I actually like that Noel kind of stepped up because originally the plan was to evacuate the North Pole. It was like, no, we're going to stay here and fight. He kind of has this like general commander moment. And he's oh, like, he has an Independence Day speech a little bit, like a baby one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I appreciated that. I did too. Um, also, and I like that Scott Calvin was like, there it is. <laughs> like, I knew you had it in you, which I really liked. I did too. Because, of course, Santa would believe in people. Yeah. Um, we kind of gloss over one of my favorite jokes, though, before this, when Betty first comes back and Noel is still carrying around the cardboard Betty, talking to her. Betty's like, don't, don't talk to her. You, I don't want you talking to her anymore. <laughs> and Noel apologizes <laughs> to the cardboard Betty. He apologizes to both of them and then she <laughs> takes it away and throws it down. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but Elf and Gnome reconcile somewhat they realize they're not so different they can help each other out how do they do that tom i don't remember that part (laughs) well they come to a workbench to try and fashion a toy or whatever and olga's irritated because all elves do is create toys and l and betty's irritated because all gnomes do is create functional items so like betty creates some i don't remember what she creates but olga creates a printer cartridge (laughs) She's like, I oh, think we right, can right, work right. on this together. And so she starts to help uh, Olga in in adding magic to her creations effectively, which is what elves do. And, and so how, does, how does Santa and Magnus Antis resolve their issues? He locks them, Magnus he locks locks him in jail. In, he locks himself in jail. Yeah. <laughs> With Chris somehow. <laughs> With Chris Kringle. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to turn him back into a nutcracker. So that didn't feel right. Right, but he felt like, well, I lost. I need punishment. So he locked himself in jail. (laughs) He locks himself in jail. But they and he decides he fears he's gonna go back into the nutcracker. And they decide, like Chris Kringle's like, You really helped me a lot at my Santa Land. Do you want to come back and work? and be my partner and Santa and Magnus is like, you know, yes, I would like this. And Santa's like, Oh, that's a great idea. And they shake on it. And Magnus wants 70, 30 of the profits. <laughs> they agree on 50, 50 and shake. And then Magnus says 60, 40. <laughs> and Magnus wants, Magnus wants creative control over the entertainment. I was, about to, I was about to say, would we flash forward? What, what's he doing? He's a lounge singer. He's a totally lounge singer. Which is amazing. I love that. <laughs> um, what happens to Resolution in the Claus family? Uh, well, Santa. Oh. No, go on, Tom, please. Santa is there with. Mrs. Claus and Cal and um, Cal's girlfriend who should win an Emmy for this. <laughs> and he makes the comment that Cal basically says Cal's not ready to become Santa. He wants Cal to go live in the real world, with, you know, spend time with his girlfriend, go to college. Well, and, he, come, and he wants him to decide to be Santa on his own. And he brings his girlfriend back as a surprise because remember they broke up. So they kind of yes. go this whole big Oh, they elf did the whole prom. prom, elf prom. Mm-hmm. For the two of them. And they 
She's wearing this ugly blue dress. Um, <laughs> uh, but the two of them are so happy dancing. And uh, as Julianne Tom pointed out, off mic, they're singing, the elves are singing a really inappropriate song for uh, a high school dance on the Disney uh, Channel. For children to be singing it, I realize they're elves, but still, it's kids singing like. If you leave. About staying. Yeah, they're singing If You Leave, which I had never paid attention to the lyrics that closely until a kid is singing it. Where it's like, I just want you to stay for one more night. You touch me once, I touch you twice. It's just not appropriate for kids. <laughs> Especially when they're lip singing it as awfully. This is the only kid I'm going to complain about in the entire thing. This girl's lip singing performance. I like TV. But her lip singing performance was absolutely terrible. <laughs> the, lips, the lip was not synced. <laughs> we, besides Cal... And mm. his sister, what's the sister's name? Sandy. Sandra. Sandy. She's going to La Bofana for training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also get some closure on Noel and Betty as well, because Sa- Santa. Felicia. Yeah, Santa. Well, Scott offers to sign the form she wants to sign at the beginning of the season to let her off the hook for Cribble Crabble. Mm-hmm. But her and Noel are going to venture forth and do Cribble Crabble together. Mm-hmm. And Santa and Carol, knowing how many head elves they lost off screen in the years between the Santa Claus three and season mm-hmm. one of this show, they're like, well, if you don't come back, we'll be okay. And it was a really sweet moment. Yeah. Carol's so emotional. I love it. I did too. And then, yeah, um, she's what I like about Car- Carol is she's emotional when she can be, but when it's in the heat of or the moment or when something's happening, she has all control and composure. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Santa went missing, she's like, get my jetpack," And she just takes off. And <laughs> I love the way she came down looking like an angel. It's great. <laughs> when they're like, uh, Gary, get the Santa blaster. And Tim Allen's like, does anyone else find it alarming that we have a weapon called the Santa blaster at the North Pole? <laughs> <laughs> which again the dry way he says it like i love it it's great uh, but yeah and then we kind of get the claws family on christmas eve again flying through the air with their reindeer it's and wonderful by the way it is wonderful and scott calvin tim allen breaks the fourth wall looks directly into the camera at us and says and a merry christmas to you mm-hmm. and then he flies off and i loved it because it felt like the end, and I think that's the perfect way to end the series with mm-hmm. the Santa Claus we've known for decades now wishing us a Merry Christmas directly, mm-hmm. and the elves going off into their happy future, and everyone happy and resolved, and I liked it. And he he has just previously stated he'll be Santa for a long, for some long time, time to come. That's right. Yeah. So we left open for a. I think you said at the beginning. Anthony alluded to it. We left the opening for a season three, but we also have enough closure that the series could end now. Yeah. I kind of hope it does. Leave on a high note. Yeah. Because I really liked it. I liked season one. Again, I thought both could have been two movies rather than Mm -hmm. drawn out series, especially this one. I really like the story here, but I think it could have been a tight 90 minutes with a bigger budget and been a lot more effective. Yeah. Yeah, because there were whole parts of it that felt bloated. Just yeah, to pat yeah. a, a series runtime. 
And at the same time, like you said, like the for example, the Betty Olga fight, that felt very high fantasy epic. Like that would have looked really cool on the big screen with a big screen budget, like where it didn't look like green screen and they were actually at the North Pole. Yep. Or even just use a use um the same budget and do it as a made for TV movie. Yeah, like a Disney Plus movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Agree. Um I liked it. I do. I know it's when you look at the series as a whole, like nothing compares to the first in my mind. The first is still <laughs> magical and timeless. And then two feels very close to the first. Three is where it gets a little goofy. Mm-hmm. And then these two series are very different, but I still feel like they feel like they're all part of one series. And mm-hmm. I like that they're made for a younger generation. Like I grew up, we grew up on Scott Calvin as Santa in the nineties. And now a new generation has him as Santa. And I love that. Yep. New generation has a much stronger Carol, which I really love. Yeah. I love that too. Yep. And yep. not just Carol, other female, La Bafana and Well, Betty. yeah, I love La Bafana too. Yeah. And Betty's great. Yeah. Same. Again, so. I think Betty was the best actress of the kids. I really liked her. And Noel was adorable. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, we're obviously past the point we had have Bernard, and I think the two of them are great. Much better than Curtis ever was. Yeah. Even though I was so happy still for glad the Curtis he got a shout out. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, it's obviously Christmas. So we it don't has need to talk multiple about that. Linus moments, I think. It does. I liked that Magnus is the one that brought out the Linus moment for um for Scott, like in recognizing because he's the one that called out, you're trying to shove your son into something yeah. he's not ready for, or maybe doesn't want. Yeah, we kind of um, glossed over that. I love that whole thing where he was like, yeah. you know, you're kind of a hypocrite, but you're forcing this lifestyle on your son when he doesn't even want to do it. Like yep. you don't even know what your son wants. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that too. Still a little disappointed. Um, Neither Laura nor Neil got a mention. I know, man. I was really hoping. Or even even Charlie at least got one mention. Yeah. One. Laura and Neil got none. That little girl, their daughter, who was a big part of two and three, didn't get a mention. Nothing. She wasn't there at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie, nope. Nope. Yeah. But really, Neil, like. I really was hoping like, that Neil would. It would have been. It would have been nice if they had at least said, like, with him, you have to go live in the real world for a while. They mentioned like he could have gone to stay with Laura and Neil or someone. Like they just name drop him. Well, yeah, or like have yep. an ugly sweater hanging in a closet as some throwaway, like only fans are gonna spot or something. Like I don't know. I was bummed. It, yeah, but all in all, what do we? Uh, what do we rate it? On Julia's, on Julia's manic um, scale. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rate this somewhere between. Um, oh, I don't know what am I gonna do. Somewhere between they're great and tricks are for kids. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So much. <laughs> okay, if I was gonna give the original a. Five of Judy's hot cocos out of five in that amazing pewter mug. Mm-hmm. The second would be like a 4.5 hot cocos. The mm-hmm. third would be like a 1.5 or two. I'd give this Absolutely. three. I'd <laughs> give this a three, right? Like in between the third and the first. Yeah, a three hot cocoa for me as well. 
Yeah, that feels right. Somewhere in between. Maybe three hot cocos, not in the beautiful pewter mug from the movies, but the kind of plastic ripoff mug that Disney the store rip, sells. The ripoff <laughs> Disney store one? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then the third movie is just like a one of those paper cups. Not even yeah. like a holder to keep it from sticking the hand, the skin off the middle of your hand. Ron and Jay, if you're listening, I love how don't you love how we co-opted your ranking system from films? <laughs> I've always said it's superior. Um, I would, I do want to know what other people think of this, but we did get a lot of comments. A lot of people did not like this. I know Matt mm-hmm. Spaulding really liked it. We got one or two positive comments, but most people didn't. They're kind of hoping this was the end. The Santa Claus of the series has run its course, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fine with the ending now. I don't, mm-hmm. I liked it, but you know, end it while it's still good in my opinion which it still is i will say i enjoyed it a lot more talking about it with y'all than i did when i originally watched it mm-hmm. uh, but same. that always seems Hard to same. Enhance, yeah enhance my experience so maybe it's just the uh the shared experience our listeners need to maybe like it a little bit more yeah <laughs> where, where could they let us know if we changed any minds or hearts here or if they think we're delusional like mad santa who by the way <laughs> i only said about i said it in passing but mad santa did come up with ho 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 except he phrased it ho 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 <laughs> wasn't that the way that the fake santa said it in the yes, santa claus 2 it is it is plastic santa Yep. But before ho did ho ho what did, he, what did he say? Wanga banga No, we didn't say that. <laughs> You're right. He said wanga banga langa or something before oh, yeah. he came up with ho ho ho. Yeah. Which is funny. I don't think we gave enough credit. Eric Storm Street, amazing. Yeah, he's I, great in it. I would love to see him though play a real traditional Santa at some point. Because I think he'd knock it out of the park. Yeah, I think he could do that. I think um, I but, would not have thought that before this, but I do 100% now. Uh, for people that do want to weigh in, they have a nice, easy way to do that. Thanks to Tom. Uh, it's just Linktree slash his the podcast gets you um, quickly to all the places uh, where to listen to us, where to shop our stuff, where our website is with some of our rankings. <laughs> but most importantly, uh, I say this time of year, even though, I mean, it's Christmas now, but into the new year and the doldrums of non-Christmas, this will get you through. Um, a link to our Facebook group is there as well. So tons of really great people that collaborate with us there um, and talk about the things. Um, so check us out there. It also gets you to Patreon. Uh, Anthony, what's on Patreon? Tons of bonus content, um, especially if you like comic book movies and horror movies, lots of that stuff up there. Um We'll have a lot more in the new year, too. I know, uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff in the new year. I know Julia wants to keep doing the Tiss of Ruined podcast, which I'm all for, with the horror movies. Uh, maybe I could force Tom to watch Leprechaun 2 again and actually record this time. <laughs> uh, Didn't we have Ron lined up for that, too? We did, and you both watched. We made it. him watch it too. Yeah, but he watches crappy. Both watch it. He watches crappy horror movies all the time, so I don't. Feel I think what bad. we'll probably do is both agree to it and then cancel last minute, or just come on last minute and make you tell us the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way, 
keep an eye on Patreon. It'll pick up again in the new year. Um, Merry Christmas, guys. What's coming up in the next few weeks? Uh, next week, we're covering Dashing Through the Snow, which you can also find on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Anthony's real excited about that one. Um, and then the following weeks to get us into January and post-Christmas, we're going to cover Genie, which is on Peacock. That's the one with Melissa McCarthy. And then after that, The Holdovers, which I'm I'm especially excited to watch and talk about. Um, that's a Paul Giamatti um, made for not streaming services <laughs> movie <laughs> with a theatrical release. Um, and so- at some point we will... We missed last week because of me. Life gets in the way, y'all. But uh, we did get a lot of comments. The Merry Little Batman. At some point, we'll cover it in the new year, I'm sure. Yes, we will do that. So we got stuff coming. We will still be here to take you into your non, our post-Christmas season. As we do. I vote we don't do yes. a countdown today because it is Christmas. And we don't Why? want to... We say zero. We, yeah, let's leave it at zero. Don't say how many till the next Christmas. It's no, Christmas. There are there are zero months, zero weeks, zero days until Christmas. Whoa. Best countdown of the year. Ho ho Merry ho! Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody.